what a privilege it is for me to stand here before you and uh, prepare to share the word of God with you. Um, for those of you who don't know me, as Mervyn mentioned, my name is Carl. I am married to Rebecca. Uh, I went to get Rebecca from Egypt um, and uh, brought her to the promised land. Um, so, yeah, praise God for that. And we have a daughter. Our daughter is three months old, so I'm a proud dad. And it really is a privilege to be here with you guys. Um, when I was chatting to Rebecca two weeks back, I said to her, love, is there anything that I can do better or anything that you notice in terms of every time I preach? And she said, tell the people a little bit about yourself so that people can relate to you. So I'm gonna tell you a bit about myself, uh, very little. If you wanna know more, you're welcome to chat to me. But one of the things that I love is football. I'm not gonna mention which team I support so I don't cause division, but, uh, but I, I'm, a, I'm an avid fan of football. I love playing it, I love watching it. Um, and also a bit more about me is that I'm on staff here at uh, Cornerstone and it's really cool to be on staff with, well, be on staff here with a, a cool team of guys. Um, I'm part of the media team and so we help facilitate a whole lot of stuff that takes place here. Um, but it really is a privilege for me to be with you guys. We are continuing um, the book of Acts. We're wrapping up season, or not wrapping up season three, but we wrapping up now, and then we're going to go into a time where we talk about um, some side-specific things, but we're wrapping up this part of Acts, and I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's been such a joy to go through this book. It's been awesome to see what Jesus had done in the Gospels, but then how through the power of the Holy Spirit, he continues to build his church. And so we're going to be looking at the book of Acts, wrapping up chapter 18, and in this part, or rather in this section of scripture, we see how Luke, who is the author of Acts, he's been focusing and emphasizing how the gospel has been growing in Ephesus. So we're going to read together, and then afterwards we're going to trust God to speak to us. One of the things I'm trusting God, and I'm going to put it up front and out there, is I'm trusting God for a time of ministry at the end of my preach, although I trust that God would minister to you now as well, but I'm trusting that the power of the Holy Spirit will begin to work in you as I speak. So let's read together. Acts 18, verse 24 to 28. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he only knew the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that Christ was, that the Christ was Jesus. Sometimes when I'm reading scripture, I don't know about you guys, but even oftentimes reading through Acts, sometimes I look at the scripture and I think, okay, what does that have to do with me? It sounds like there was a person, they went about their business. Sometimes it looks like it's just a travel log, like the last part where Paul says he was in Corinth and then he went to here and then he went to here and then he went to here. 
But I'm convinced of this, that all scripture is God-breathed and it's useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction. And we're going to trust that just through this passage of scripture, we're going to learn something and God is going to speak to us. Amen? So as I mentioned, what's really cool here is that Luke, the author of Acts, has been sort of emphasizing something about how the gospel has been growing in Ephesus. We noticed that in the well, the previous part, and we notice it in the next part of Acts, just how Ephesus is starting to come alive with the gospel. In the previous, or last week's preach, you would have heard how Paul stopped by in Ephesus, preached the gospel, some people accepted the gospel, they got saved, and then from there he left, and he left Priscilla and Aquila in Ephesus. And then now we're seeing here, there's a man named Apollos. Apollos who is there, he's preaching the gospel, he's a Jew, He's from Alexandria and he's preaching the gospel to the people there, showing them just this, how Christ is, or how Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah. Something to note or something to point out here is that Apollos was a disciple of John. And something that I think is is worth mentioning is how the disciples of John knew about the baptism of water, which is something that we're going to be doing now. It's something that signifies how the old person goes under and says, I'm surrendering my life, but then comes out of the water as a new creation. And that's what John was doing. He was preaching that baptism. He was saying, repent, turn away from your sins. And that was an open declaration going under the water, saying goodbye to the sin, and then coming out cleansed and alive again. But something that John said was he said this, there's one coming after me who is greater than I, and referring to Jesus. And he says, the one coming after me, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And we can see in the scripture here that Apollos knew only the baptism of John, but he didn't know the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And no doubt there must be some of us here who perhaps you've known that Jesus is the Christ, you've known he's the Messiah, and you've, maybe you've said goodbye to your sins, But what I know and what I believe the scripture tells us is it tells us that actually there is a helper who comes alongside. As we say goodbye to our sins, how then do we continue? It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Apollos was, he was a baptism, or not a baptism, wow. He was a disciple of John the baptizer. And I think it'll be cool that we can look at Apollos, that we can look at some of this or look at this character and maybe just see what God is trying to say to us through this individual. In verse 24, it says this, it says, Apollos was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. Something that I think is super encouraging or should be super encouraging for us is to know that God uses what you've got. Apollos was eloquent and he used that. And maybe you've got something else. Maybe you love football and God can use that. But God uses each and everything that we can bring to him. He uses your past experiences, he uses what you've learned, he uses what you have. And in the same way with Apollos, he's an example of how God uses the characteristics we possess to advance his kingdom. It says he was an eloquent man. Some of you maybe are not eloquent like me, (laughs) but God can still use us. And the challenge and the question I have for you is what do you have? As I've mentioned, perhaps you, I don't know, you play sports, 
Maybe there's something else. Maybe you love knitting. Maybe you are good at motocross. There's various things. But the encouragement here is that God uses what you have. It continues in verse 25 and it says this, that he was fervent in spirit. He spoke, spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus. I want to encourage you that even if you've got a gift, and it doesn't matter what that gift is, to be fervent and passionate is a choice. To be passionate about this gospel of Jesus is a choice. You can't tell me that someone who saved you from death and brought you back to life is going to produce something that's composed and calm. Passion doesn't have to be verbose. But you can tell when someone is passionate about something and when they're not. Something I was challenged by is sometimes I cheer louder when my team scores than I do when I realize what God has done in my life. I know it's not just me. Other men, can you testify? Yeah, amen. Cool. Not the only one. And the ladies, I know you cheer as well. Yeah. But I know for a fact that we can choose, we can stir ourselves up for the things that we're passionate for. And that's something that I feel challenged by here and something I want to challenge us by. Is are you more passionate about other stuff than you are about the fact that you were saved? That there is a Savior, that other people have access to the Savior. Doesn't matter the gift or the deposit that God has given you. But are we fervent in spirit. We have different gifts, but let's all be passionate. In verse 6, it says that Apollos began to speak boldly in the synagogue. Now remember this, Apollos was a Jew. And where does he go to speak the gospel? In the synagogue. The challenge I'm finding and that God encourages us with is are you able to take the gospel back home? Back to the people you're familiar with. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes for me, the most difficult place to speak the gospel is with the people that I'm familiar with. The cousins, the brothers, the friends. Sometimes that might be the most difficult place. It's easy to go up to a stranger and say, Jesus loves you because there's no context. It's just Jesus loves you. I wanna pray with you. I wanna trust God for you. But sometimes to the people who know you and whom you know, sometimes that's the challenge. And I believe God is stirring us up and challenging us with that. Are we able to take the gospel home? For the men in the room, are you able to take the gospel back to your wives and to your kids? They know you the best, but are you able to take it and apply it at home? For moms and women in the room, are you able to take the gospel back home? No doubt there are some women who maybe your partners aren't saved. Same for the men. But are you able to take the gospel back home? Just as Apollos went back to the synagogue, he goes and he shows that Jesus is the Christ. And that's the encouragement for us. Can you take Jesus back to your own people? And now something that's encouraging me here and something that I'm trusting will encourage you is it says here when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained the way of God more accurately. Something that I'm encouraged by Apollos is that he was humble. He was willing to learn. 
when Priscilla and Aquila took him aside and taught him and showed him, actually, there's, there's more to what you know. He accepted it graciously. Are you teachable? Are you willing to hear and listen and say, actually, I didn't understand or I understood only in part, but now I understand more fully. That's something that I want in my life and something that I believe as Christ followers we should have is just a soft heart, being willing to learn, being humble to say, show me the way more accurately. Apollos was teachable. Something that to be able to learn or being able to accept when someone else is teaching you. Are you that? I'll tell you a short story. My wife just went with our baby to the, the mom's room or to the back. Um, she might kill me after this. No, I'm kidding. She won't. Um, but the one day, so my wife and I were, were chilling on the couch. So she had a nap. But while she had a nap, I was on my phone scrolling through Instagram, the scrolling. And then she woke up from the nap. She didn't say anything else except she just woke up. And then she said, Kyle, I want you to delete Instagram. So I was like, wow, what kind of a nap was this? Like, you woke up grumpy or like, did you have a dream? <laughs> just like out of the blue, just up. And, and so, so I didn't say that. I just uh, said, okay, love. And then I deleted it. But I was quite upset because I was like, I don't quite understand context around this request. But I trust her. So I deleted it, got up, went to go do the dishes. Because um, I was like, okay, I need to clear my mind a bit to be calm when I address the situation. <laughs> Um, so I went, did the dishes. Also, that was a thumbs up. Eh? Um, so I went, did the dishes. And then afterwards, when we were sitting down, I said to her, love, why, why do you want me to delete Instagram? Like, um, and she said, Kyle, sometimes I feel it just takes a bit more of your brain capacity. You're sometimes feeling more fatigued because you're just never letting your brain like, rest. Or I feel sometimes it takes some time away from us. The moral of all of this is that you have to have people who are able to correct you. People who see you, you're able to say, actually, I trust you. And that's the awesome thing about being teachable and being correctable or is that some people can see your life and are you willing to hear and listen? In that moment, I, didn't, I thought maybe I should ask, but I trust my wife and that's why I was able to do it. And one of the last things we see with Apollos and in verse 28, it says this, that he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. And here's the encouragement for us, is that there is power when we proclaim the truth of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is power when we proclaim that Jesus is the Messiah and when we do it with the power of the Holy Spirit. We're using scriptures, but this, when he goes and he powerfully refutes the, the other Jews, he goes once he had experienced the way more fully. And that's something I'm trusting God for for us today, is that you would leave here emboldened, full of power. As it says in Acts 1.8, it says that you will receive the Spirit and he will empower you to be a witness. And the challenge that I want to encourage you with is don't be too concerned with your reputation. I was reading through 
um, Matthew, and it, where it says there, don't be anxious about anything. And he, he brings up, Jesus brings up three things. He says, don't worry about what you will eat, for look at the, the birds of the air, and he feeds them. And then it says, don't worry about what you will wear. And the two things that I'm so encouraged by in that is that oftentimes we get anxious about our sustenance, but God is our provider. But then also, don't worry about what you wear. Sometimes you're more anxious about your reputation. And Jesus says, are you not of more value? As we go out and we take this gospel out, this is my encouragement to us. Let's go in the power of the Spirit. There are four challenges that I want to give to us, and then we're going to respond. As we learn from Apollos, the question I have in challenge number one is, do we use our natural gifts to serve the purposes of God? Again, what do you have? You've got gifts. You've got talents. If, you, if you're not sure what those are, ask someone, hey, what do you think I'm naturally gifted in? What do you have to serve the purpose of God? Secondly, are we fervent in spirit and passionate about Jesus? He's the one who saved my soul. Man, that, that should be enough to give me all the passion in the world. But what's awesome about that is it doesn't stop there. He's still with me now. I gave my life to Jesus in 2014 and to consider almost, well, nine years later now that he's still the love of my life. Are you fervent in spirit and passionate about your Savior? Thirdly, are we still humble, teachable, and are you still growing? I don't claim to know it all. And my encouragement for us is, are we still learning? And then fourthly, are you helping other people to grow in Jesus as well? That's what it said of uh, Apollos. It says, after he refuted the Jews in public, it says he went about helping people. And let that be a testimony of our lives. Let it be said of Kyle, Yo, Kyle helped people to grow. Let it be said of you, and you put your name in there. You helped people to grow. Let that be the testimony of our lives. I'm going to invite the band up because I believe that there's an opportunity here where we get to respond in worship, but also that we get to respond to the Word of God. In John 14, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he's almost preparing them for the fact that he's about to get crucified. And this is what he says. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Looking at these challenges of Apollos, sometimes it's daunting because I look and I say, Lord, how? Lord, I know that you saved my soul, but how? How do I help others grow? How do I use what you've given me to expand in your kingdom? How do I remain humble and teachable? And this is what Jesus says. He says, I will give you a helper. And like Apollos, he knew the gospel teachings. He knew that the, the baptism of John removes the sin. But yet, 
It's like knowing in part, and then the Holy Spirit comes and reveals the bigger picture. And this is what I'm trusting God for for today, is that perhaps there's some of you that are out there that you've, you know about Jesus, but you're finding difficulty in walking out this call. You're finding difficulty in being bold, in, in, in understanding the fact that you're saved. The helper is there for you. The Holy Spirit is here. He's the one who empowers us to carry this message of the gospel. Simply put, salvation acknowledges Jesus' work and what he did. When he died, he took away our sins. And when he rose again, he rose up again for our salvation. But then the power of the Holy Spirit helps me to walk the day to day. How do I grow? How do I learn, Lord? How do I become more and more like you? It's through the Holy Spirit. We talk about the, the three tenses of salvation, which is justification. When Jesus died and he rose again, you were justified before the Father. But then there's the process of being saved, which is sanctification. How God is cleansing me. I still have some of those temptations, but then God is cleansing me. He's removing them. Father, I'm not perfect, but through his Holy Spirit, he's cleansing me. Father, I'm a bit scared to share the gospel. The Holy Spirit is there encouraging me, challenging me. I'm not sure about where I stand. The Holy Spirit is there to bring the confirmation and the conviction. The devil is plaguing me. The Holy Spirit is there to make you bold and strong that you know that Jesus has the victory. And then we look forward to glorification. But here's the encouragement. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was present with Apollos because how else would he be able to say that Jesus was the Messiah? So the Holy Spirit was there, but there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit which Jesus brings. And this is what it is. It is a conscious experience of the Holy Spirit. You will know that the Holy Spirit is walking with you. You will know that the Holy Spirit is in you. And sometimes the evidence of that is perhaps this boldness in moments. The Bible also speaks about evidence of that is speaking in a heavenly language that's not compre comprehensible to you or to the people who are hearing you. Sometimes the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence is in that you speak another language that you've never spoken before. But what we trust in God for today is that you would know, you would leave here knowing that God has placed His Spirit in you, that that baptism would come. 